Sometimes, as a communicator, it feels like you're at odds with management and development and sales and half of marketing and, well, really the whole world. A lot of what we do in communications isn't immediately visible. It doesn't pay off quickly in the short term. And that means we often have upper management asking for justification about the time, energy, and company resources we're using, especially the CEO. CEOs can be hard to manage, I know, but if you speak their language and understand how they see the world and what they're worried about, you can usually get them on board. That's what I'm talking about in this episode of the Spin Sucks podcast, the metrics that will make your CEO swoon and how to find them. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. The idea for this came from a blog post we ran on the Spin Sucks blog a few weeks ago, all about how to prove value to the CEO. You'll find a link to it in the show notes. I don't want to talk about every element of proving value today, though. Just one. There's nothing that makes a CEO happier than good metrics. But not all metrics are created equal. There are those that matter and those that don't. Usually it's the ones that don't matter that get the most attention. They're flashy and impressive, but they tell you absolutely nothing vital about business growth or sales potential or company reputation. They're sound and fury signifying nothing. They are the vanity metrics. I'm talking about post shares and number of followers, fluke traffic spikes, the numbers that might be impressive because they're big or growing. But as it turns out, size doesn't really matter, at least not in the business sense, because they don't translate into real information about your goals. CEOs tend not to be fooled by them. And even if they are, you shouldn't be. And you shouldn't use them to make your case to prove the value of PR. Real metrics are going to be related to the company goals that you're trying to achieve, such as being easily found online, predictably increasing traffic, email list growth, and perhaps most importantly, increased sales. I really love the story that Jason Falls tells about a client who was golfing with a buddy of his. The client's friend was going on and on and on about how many Facebook fans they had, and it was impressive. It was in the millions. Jason's client played the round of golf, getting angrier and angrier with his agency because he didn't have millions of Facebook fans. What he did have, however, were social media fans that translated into real dollars. So after getting a dressing down, Jason and his team asked why he wanted a million Facebook fans. When he couldn't answer it with anything but, because my friend does, (laughs) they were able to change the conversation to what truly matters. And they gave him talking points for his next golf game. You want to talk about a million Facebook fans? Well, I have a thousand and nine hundred of them by. So go on with your bad self and your million Facebook fans. When you rely on vanity metrics to justify your work, you're risking not only your personal reputation, but how the company performs. This won't do. So I'm going to share some real metrics and how you can find them. So the next time you have a presentation to give the top brass, you will shine. If you haven't been tracking any of what I'm about to share with you yet, do not worry. It's never too late to start. For each metric, you want to start where you are right now. This is your benchmark. Write it down and then check it again in a month, two weeks to see if those numbers have changed. That's how you'll know if your strategies are working. Okay, so let's start with your website or your blog's domain authority. Domain authority is how important Google thinks your website is in relation to other sites on similar topics. 
To find your domain authority, you can go to OpenSiteExplorer, OpenSite, S-I-T-E, Explorer.org, or you can go right to Moz.com and find it there. It's their product. When you're there, enter your URL and it will give you two numbers, one for PA and one for DA. And the PA or the page authority, you don't need. So don't pay attention to that. Pay attention only to the DA or the domain authority. This is a benchmark for how credible your site is in the eyes of Google and will serve as a metric for growth. Don't worry about how high or low it is. The point is to have a starting point. So if it's less than 20, don't freak out. Don't get embarrassed. That's actually where most organizational websites are is 20 or lower. So it's okay. You have great opportunity for growth. The next thing you want to do is to look at your Google rankings on key search terms. Deciding what your key search terms are is a whole other kettle of keywords. So if you check the show notes for this episode, you'll find a few of my favorite resources on the topic to help you determine those. Your ranking means how close to the top of of the list of search results your content appears from an organic standpoint, not paid. This is a big one. Have you heard the old saw about where to find a body on the internet? The second page of Google, because how many of us actually go to the second page of Google? That's right, none. So the goal is to get on the first page. It can take some time and plenty of effort to get to the first page, but once you do, there can be massive boost to your traffic, authority, and conversions. There are three easy ways to improve a low ranking for an important search term. Number one, create content around it and answer the questions your customers and prospects ask on the topic. Number two, pitch contributed content around the keyword as a topic and make sure the article includes a link back to your site. Number three, use YouTube and I'm going to say it, Google Plus to give you an extra boost in rankings. Trust me on this. When you're ranking high in Google search results, you'll notice an increase in traffic to your site. The higher the number of website visitors you have to your site that are qualified people that would actually buy from you, the more chances you have to convert them into leads and then into customers. Next, you'll want to track the number of email addresses you added last week, last month, last quarter, last year. Decide on the time frame and track that. Whatever new social media or fancy tactic comes along, being able to communicate directly with your audience through email will never go away. Don't groan. I know most email sucks. Ours don't, by the way. Do you get emails from us? They don't suck. So if, if you don't subscribe, you want, might want to because they're kind of awesome. <laughs> Every couple of years, someone will come out with another think piece about how email is dead and such and such is the next new thing. Email is not dead. Here's the thing. Everyone has email. Everyone. So while some people are deleting Facebook and others are getting tired of Twitter and yet others listen to a celebrity and got off Snapchat, everyone has email. The reason we all hate email is because most email sucks. I always laugh when people complain about the awful email they get and then they go to work, sit behind their computer screens and add to the grossness of it all. Hello, irony. Be strong. If done well, and it can be done well, it can be one of your best assets for nurturing and converting new customers, members, donors, or gorillas, whatever you're trying to do. Finally, let's talk about the biggest, fattest, juiciest metric of all, the number of sales conversions you're seeing, specifically how that number is changing. The reason this is the big, fat, juicy one is because it's all about 
what the executive team cares about. And if you can prove you're driving sales conversion or at least participating in getting them to conversion, you'll be able to prove the work you do as an investment, not an expense. And then when the CFO is looking at expenses and trying to decide what to cut for the coming year, communications is not one of them. That's where you want to be. There are, however, lots of reasons this won't work from a communications perspective. You're not in charge of sales after all. The one we see most often is there are a ton of qualified leads that sales never follows up on, so they just sit there in purgatory. This is actually the fault of both of you. It's the fault of sales because they don't want to follow up on those leads because they're not their leads. Bad. It's the fault of you because you haven't done a good job of keeping them in the loop along the way. Also bad. If you go to your CEO with a breakdown of how your efforts are increasing these metrics, you're almost guaranteed to make them very, very happy. And they might want to kiss you. Of course, they won't, but they might want to. And if you can prove to sales that your leads are highly qualified and they'll be able to get a fast win, you'll make them very, very happy. And they also might want to kiss you. And then everyone will be happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy. Your numbers won't always go up. Sometimes they're going to go down. And that's, of course, never fun. It's also when people are most likely to revert to sharing vanity metrics so they can avoid the tough conversation about the lack of real progress. But stalled or reversing metrics when you're tracking them regularly are actually really helpful. If you can see a problem, you know you need to change things, mix up your strategy, or try a whole new direction. You can't fix what you can't see, so don't be afraid of bad news. It's really just an opportunity to do better. At the end of the day, metrics matter, but they aren't the end-all be-all of communications. They're a way of communicating the results of all your other programs. And at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all really about? I hope you enjoyed listening to me talk about wowing management with metrics as much as I've enjoyed talking about them. I'm not sure if you did because I'm a metrics nerd, but let me know by commenting on the blog post link you'll find in the show notes. Then go to iTunes or your favorite podcast player and subscribe to Spin Sucks. If you really want to impress your clients or CEO, you can leave a review and rating. Just kidding. That's actually only going to impress me, but do it anyway. Catch you next time. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 